the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot of information that we can Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome to the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm Vanessa Alava. And I'm Sue Robinson. Before we get started today, we would so appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and comment on the show. Absolutely. Today, we are so excited to have Amy Hedrick, CEO and co-founder of Cleanbox Technology. She'll be sharing the hygiene solutions that Cleanbox offers, how they've quickly evolved their business model during COVID-19, and how she entered into the immersive tech space as an entrepreneur. I think Amy's conversation was so interesting, Vanessa, because first of all, we're in the middle of a pandemic and the issue of hygiene in all the public places that we visit, that we touch things that could potentially make us sick is on everybody's mind right now. But she also said something in our conversation that I really loved. She said, um, when you have a dream, it's on you to make it happen. And she is absolutely doing that. So she's just a really inspiring lady. She really is. She's getting the job done. She's super sharp. And to your point, no one is going to have the passion that you have for your dream. And she definitely highlighted that in this interview. Amy, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Before we get started, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and Cleanbox online? You can always find me on LinkedIn. It's Amy Hedrick, and the last name is H-E-D-R-I-C-K. You can also find me at uh, cleanboxtech.com, and we're the same uh, Cleanbox Tech on Instagram and Twitter as well as Facebook. So please look for us. Awesome. Let's get into Cleanbox Technologies, hygiene solutions, and what sets the company apart. We are a first-to-market company um, doing what we do in the XR space. So um, we really are a premium brand. Our goal has always been to provide a product that solves your problem, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, We provide medical-grade hygiene um, in uh, an environmentally friendly, user-friendly way. So what we've tried to do, and I think we've done successfully, is take out the element of human error in hygiene process for um, shared electronics. So the earphones that you're wearing now, um, as well as a headset, a VR, AR headset, as well as pilot's mic, pilot's headsets, broadcaster headsets, anything you wear, your face or head, um, and we have more products too for masks, et cetera, you are going to want to clean that whether you use it again or somebody else uses it. Um, our products have been validated against COVID-19, among many other harder to harder to kill contaminants. Um, and so I think that makes us uh, unique and Um, We're excited to be working in a lot of different spaces. At kind of a high level, Amy, how does it work? Basically, we use UVC light. Um, UVC is a wavelength of light. It's very different than UVA or UVB. Um, It's a very short wavelength. And the thing that's unique about it is does not exist naturally in the atmosphere. Because of that, uh, contagions have no resistance to it. So what it does is the UVC light deconstructs the DNA and RNA strands of a contagion and renders it unable to replicate. Um, And so uh, it's highly effective and it's been used in healthcare systems for decades. 
Now, traditionally, it's been used in a mercury tube or in a bulb. Um, it's more recently that we that that um, wavelength of light is available in an LED, which is great because you can choose your you know your substrate. So what you're doing is you're eliminating the heat component that would be coming with you know merc a mercury tube or bulb, uh, as well as ozone, uh, as well as uh, mercury, of course. So it's it's taking away any sort of biohazard waste, if you will. Um, as well as um, uh, making it a less fragile um, form factor for UVC light. So our engineering is designed for a maximum efficacy use of UVC, which means that we combine a the, the right um, intensity of light with the with a distance uh, 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 the correct distance from the object that's being cleaned over a certain amount of time. Um, and with that, we're able to take that same engineering and clean multiple types of devices, knowing that every time we do it, we, we're going to get continual um, uh, results. They're always going to be the same. Um, and how we validated that is taking it to independent labs um, in the R&D process before we really started putting product out there. We did a lot of tests and said, okay, what's working? What's the maximum distance? What's, you know, there's that sweet spot of people not wanting to wait too long to get a product uh, cleaned, um, you know, depending on what they're using. And maybe there's, it's a commercial venue and there's a lot of throughput, so you don't have a lot of time. So our goal has always been 60 seconds. We want to reach um, log five of kill rate, which is 99.99 plus percent uh, decontamination. Um, and that's what we do. So we'd reach that in, in 60 seconds or less. And, um, and we can show um, everything from SARS-CoV-2, which is COVID-19, um, across the line to H1N1, um, SARS, MERS, MRSA, which is a hard to kill uh, antibiotic resistant staph. Um, and that's important um, because especially if you're wearing something close to your mouth, um, you know, or, or your eyes or your nose, COVID pandemic has, has taught us or reminded us how easily these, can, these contagions can be spread um, just when we're talking or breathing or coughing or singing or, or yelling um, in close proximity to each other. What does the device look like and walk us through how to use it if you were in front of it? Sure. Just to clarify, we have multiple products on the market, but our most popular one is, is what we call a CX-1. <laughs> Very simple and straightforward with our branding here. Um, but basically, it's um, it's a clean box times one headset. So it's a CX-1. And it's a box. Um, it, it's uh, aluminum chassis. Uh, you have a, an acrylic uh, door and you open it so you can see the whole process, uh, which, is, which is interesting because, of course, Germs are invisible and so is UVC light, but we do give you something to look at during that course of the one minute. Um, the LED itself does emit a, a light blue, uh, has a, a light blue light around it. Uh, and then we also have a, um, other ambient lights, if you will, uh, that they start as a purplish reddish color and over the course of 60 seconds, they fade down to match that LED blue. And I mentioned that, um, well, you, it's a good, it's a description, hopefully helps you get a, a, the accurate picture in your head. But it also is interesting to the consumer because even though you know, you're not actually seeing the germs die really, uh, because that's invisible. But you, but psychologically, it's helpful to see down that process and understand what's happening. So uh, basically, it has an adjustable hook at the top of the box, uh, top of the inside of the box. Uh, it adjusts up and down and front and back. So you can fit any kind of head-worn device in there, no matter what size, um, for pretty much anything that's on the market that we've, we've tried. 
and um, you close the door, you push the button, green button, uh, you push it and then the cycle starts and then um, it'll be a red button through the course of 60 seconds and then it's done and uh, the green button will come back on, you can open the door. It sounds so simple and you know smart and just, um, I'm interested to know, cause you said the technology itself has been around for a while, but the way that you're using it is a little bit different. Can you walk us through how you, you decided that this needed to be maybe moved out of hospital settings or, you know, to set up a company that would provide this service to not just VR headsets, but like you said, pilots and earphones and things like that. When we first started, my co-founder and I built the company, we started our R&D process a number of years ago, and we really started it as a risk mitigation tool. Um, thinking about XR specifically, immersive technology, and how it could be used in media and ed uh, education, entertainment, um, enterprise, et cetera, and thinking about the barriers of entry. So the use of UVC, um, we needed to do it in a way that was safe for electronics. Uh, VR Air headset is, has a lot of electronics in it. It's They're expensive. They are sensitive. There are sensitive lenses. Uh, and not only that, it's not just hard plastics and uh, glass. You have fabrics and textiles and Velcro and silicon. It just depends on the headset, of course. But you have basically multiple layers of surfaces, which makes everything harder to kill. It's harder to clean, rather. Contagion's harder to kill. Um, and you, you need to be able to do that in a really comprehensive way that doesn't damage anything. So UVC, we know it's going to be effective. It kills um, viruses, fungi, bacteria. Um, it's very much validated, but taking it into a form factor that's safe for use outside of a professional who knows how to, you know, basically use UVC. Uh, and that's what we wanted to accomplish. Hey everybody, Sam McLean here from Inphase Audio, audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, inphase.biz. Thanks for listening. So you mentioned um, COVID-19 earlier, um, and obviously Cleanbox is known, I think, at least in the immersive community as like the place to go to sanitize your, your HMD or head mounted device for VR, AR. Um, how has Cleanbox adapted to now have the ability to sanitize face masks and PPE? Has it been just now? You started off with, again, things like used for media. Um, when did you cross over into that medical field or sector? We've always had clients in healthcare because there are a lot of healthcare um, applications for the use of XR, whether it be VR headsets on the patient and AR on the, the physician or the surgeon. Um, but that being said, um, our focus on PPE really was a COVID-19 response. Um, we had clients, high-profile clients, who had some of our CX1s. Uh, they were in offices that weren't being used, and they said, hey, we know UVC light's effective. Um, we want to donate this to our hospital because there's a shortage there how can we do this in a way that will uh that will be successful and be able to use it for ppes in a way that would definitely um and adequately disinfect a mask so what we did was in 10 days we said we're going to create a retrofit for our cx1 and this will be basically a way for the mask to hang on uh, that hook that i mentioned earlier but to hang in a proper way because a mask is a smaller form factor than an hmd 
Um, and we had a, an additional light plate, so both sides of the mass were being adequately decontaminated. Um, and we we created that, and we shipped it within ten days. Um, and we you know we just charged cost on that. We didn't you know charge margins or anything, and got that out. And we have that in uh, a number of hospitals in the U.S., um, Canada, Mexico, and Germany. Uh, at the same time, because we knew we were doing this, we said, well, really, what we want to do is create a product that is specific for this, that can be a point of use product um, that can de decontaminate multiple masks at once. And so we did. Uh, we created a product that was then um, tested in 95 masks uh, that were infused with COVID uh, at a biohazard level three lab. That was the first test that we did. We were able to determine that clean box engineering can eradicate COVID uh, on any hard surface or any other regular surface in under a minute. Um, and the, the multiple layers of an N95 mask in under two minutes. And so then we've, we created the product and we continue to do backup validation testing with other similar viruses, coronaviruses and other viruses uh, and contagions that are hard to kill. That's amazing. And I'm thinking, you know, do you see down the road the possibility of creating like a consumer version of this? Because I think people are going to be dealing certainly with COVID-19 for a while. But in general, I think we're all more aware of the need to sanitize the things that we touch and put on our faces. Definitely. Um, coming into the consumer market has always been on our agenda. Um, one of the products I think that will be equally interesting to the consumer market is our ad hoc box, which is really for ad hoc electronics, everything from phones to tablets to your car keys to your earbuds and anything else that you might just want to take that extra precaution before you come home or as soon as you come home, you kind of make it a habit. You put your stuff in your clean box and then you go about your business. Um, we do have a product that's a B2B product that's coming out in a couple of months. That is this product that I just mentioned, um, our, our Clean Defense, which is the product that decontaminates masks, that is already on the market. Uh, and you will probably be seeing that in places where people are starting to go back to work and you're seeing both employees have to wear masks all day long, as well as anybody who wants to come into whatever that business is. Um, so certainly, yes, I, there is absolutely a consumer play there, um, and as well as getting businesses back up and running. And I would think schools too, right? I mean, kids handling lab equipment and goggles. And I mean, gosh, I can see so many potential uses for this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would love uh, I would love for Cleanbox to be uh, one of the companies that helps facilitate getting kids uh, safely back to schools. That would be amazing. Do you uh, yet know what the consumer price point is going to be? For the consumer market, we would want it to make a price that's palatable and and a kind of a, a must-have device. And I think that we will be able to do that. Awesome. Can you share with us some of the organizations you've had the opportunity to partner with? Yes. I'll give you a good, a good example on a, a specific on a COVID-19 response. Um, and this is a partner um, uh, called Chip Bias, which is a small company in Oregon. And um, previous to COVID, their, their primary focus was creating VR content for uh, addressing uh, like soft skills training biases, et cetera, shift bias. Uh, but then uh, as a response, they decided to uh, create content that was for um, COVID triage training. And we were part of a, uh, you know, an, a, an RFP and a government um, grant. And that is a good example of a type of partner that we've, that we've worked with. So we don't just work with HMDs. Uh, we do work with, with a number of HMDs. Uh, makers, as well as a number of healthcare systems and hospitals. Um, Hogue Hospital in Newport Beach, California has a number of our devices. They've been very, very um, 
proactive and they're very aggressive in the XR space because they've just seen so much um, positive return on the investment for using um, XR, both for patients and for physicians. Um, and then, of course, we work with a number of companies from airlines to you know shipping companies that are using immersive technology for, for many purposes. So we've seen already uh, a lot of opportunity and a lot of areas that we would love to grow in. We, we are growing into and we're really excited about. I think that this is such critical technology in general, but especially at this time for the XR industry, right? Because before COVID-19 hit, Vanessa and I were saying 2020 is going to be the year for XR. It's really starting to gain traction. Um, certainly the enterprise space is starting to embrace it, and it was beginning to make headway in the consumer space. And then all of a sudden, we have this pandemic. So this is such a critical timing. And I just wanted to talk about your journey as a female entrepreneur, because you're in a very unique space, especially for a woman entrepreneur. Yes. Well, I can tell you it's been a long journey. <laughs> I always looked at this as, a, again, coming back to why, you know, what Rita Claymox come from, um, creating a company that was meant to solve a problem in order to avoid a problem becoming a, a barrier of entry, um, a way for, you know, XR to not have broad adoption. And I, and this is one of those things. Hygiene is number one. Uh, and also the, a, a really successful and under and, and informed way of rolling out an XR strategy. You have to have a program. You have to understand the, the logistics around it from the hardware to the software, to the training, to even demographics and, you know, age groups. And like, what does this, per, you know, what is, how easy is it going to be to learn this new technology? Do I know how to apply it? Um, you know, so as, as that, um, seeing an opportunity and saying, I can, I, you know, I have a, a solution to this problem and let me do something about it. Um, one thing that has always been really important to me was creating opportunity for other women. I, I have my own personal experience and many, many friends, female friends, who have been limited in their career options. Um, they have been limited by a number of factors. Sometimes it's previous career paths. Sometimes it's age. Sometimes they have family or children. Uh, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, the opportunity doesn't meet uh, the, the talent. Um, so there are many reasons why um, that's been something really close to my heart in terms of being able to create opportunities and if and when I have opportunities, provide them to other women. Um, I, I kind of didn't think about the fact that there weren't a ton of female CEOs in technology. Didn't really think about that as, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Uh, didn't think about it till after the fact, it was too late and here I am. <laughs> I not about that, but I didn't. Um, and it's very rewarding. Um, I kind of try to approach everything without seeing um, any biases that might be out there because I really truly believe that, you know, if you are capable and intelligent, um, you'll probably attract similar people. And hopefully, you know, collectively you can make the world a better place in, in you know, whatever way or whatever means that might be. We actively hire uh, women. Obviously, we don't just hire women, but I'm, I, you know, I look for those people that have really special talent that could actually grow in the company. That's awesome. Love that mission. How did you develop an interest for technology? Well, I come from a, a very creative background um, where content, creating content, uh, the arts has always been very, very close to home and close to my heart. I'm a classically trained musician. I've been a singer. I've, I've, I've done everything from performing to the behind the scenes production and writing. And I think that's absolutely critical to every other kind of 
you know, intellectual progress anyone can make. Um, and so really just watching and thinking about how, um, how content is created, how it's absorbed, looking at kids and seeing how they learn and how quickly they can take the, you know, even as, as, as little kids, tiny babies, you know, quickly they can, um, you know, hack a phone or, or a tablet or something. Um, it's scary. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, I, I, you know, I think, the, yeah, so it's, and just seeing, you know, how, how quickly they learn. I've always been a very visual, um, engager. Like I, I learn, I can watch something and learn it a lot faster than if I read it. There's something about that, that you, it's, it's, um, it connects with you on a deeper level quickly, you know? So, um, I saw it as a learning opportunity and then seeing the technology develop um, alongside with mobile and seeing the, the, the reach of mobile um, and realizing, you know, there are so many ways in which we can make the world a better place, not to sound um, cliche, but if I'm going to make my life a better place, let's make, you know, more lives, uh, you know, happier and, and just make the process of living um make it easier. <laughs> so I see technology as, as being able to do that and immersive technology as doing that in a, a fundamental, uh, life-changing way. For example, I, I've traveled all over the world and I love it. I've been to countries in Africa and Asia, and, but, but you think about all these different cultures and the people and, and what they have access to and what they don't. Um, and look at how just a small amount of what we, you right now, what we're utilizing as technology uh, and using just a small portion of that in certain parts of the world, how significantly that would absolutely change these people's lives. And if you want to look at it further than that, you can look at the economy that would be impacted by that. Whether it's a local economy, that's going to change, that's going to shift. That means that uh, quality of life has the chance to improve in a greater way. Those people are going to raise children who will be better educated. They will do more things that will better impact the world. And it really has the capability of such a ripple effect. And that's, that's exciting to me. Did you always know deep down that you were going to be an entrepreneur, Amy, that you were going to start a company or did that come as a surprise to you at some point in your journey? I, I should have known. <laughs> it was the most difficult thing in the world to do every single time. I should have known that that meant I was going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I, I can't say that I honestly, that I thought of it that way. I always wanted to do more. I always wanted to, um, you know, travel, see the world, experience other cultures and languages and journeys. And I think that that just sort of is my personality and it's probably lend, lends itself to uh, me being willing to jump into the risk of being an entrepreneur and then realizing afterwards what a big risk it was. <laughs> <laughs> It's really interesting, though, because I think a lot of the women that we've interviewed for this show have done things that have nothing to do with technology to start out with. Like you said, you're a classically trained musician, you know, um, and, and a writer, and you have that kind of artistic background. And a lot of women who are making amazing discoveries and innovations and progress in the world of technology really do come from that creative background. And that's been pretty uh, interesting to me, kind of eye-opening. Yeah, that A in uh, STEAM. So we talk about STEM and STEAM, and I definitely love having the A in there because I come from the background of the arts as well. And I love the community and the um, just the creative spirit behind that. And um, it's been a journey because I've gotten a chance as you to experience different things within the entertainment field. And I can't say that I would have ever seen myself doing something in technology, but through film and TV, 
VR and AR came into my life. And it's been a wonderful thing. And I and Sue both have seen just the tremendous use cases for training and empathy and education. So um, what it can do for the world for good is truly um, impressive. What um, jumped out to you about AR and VR? Like, what was your first exposure to that technology? I would like to say it was in the 90s when it first came out, but it wasn't. (laughs) The more recent exposure and what really prompted me to start Klingbox, ultimately, was um, when I was writing for a think tank. And it was a a company, a very large global company that's been around for over 100 years. Um, And, you know, it was my job to go around to different events and and look at technology and think of ways and write about it um, because it was it's ultimately changing consumer behavior, which, of course, is going to have a, you know, back channel effect on um, source sourcing and supply and project management and everything in terms of business and a, a large company needs to plan for that because they're not very agile. That was really when I started seeing um, where the technology was and what it was capable of doing. And, you know, you could get in a VR headset and you could look around and, you know, I mean, six years ago, it's definitely better than it was then. <laughs> yes, indeed. And looking at the way even companies and, and governments were starting to invest you know, not just for the long term. So I think, you know, that really just started to pique my interest again. You know, if you've been a content creator in, in the filmmaking world, it's just, it's a very structured in, in the rut kind of process. And it has been for a very long time. And I also see these technologies as ways that uh, there's greater access to storytelling. And um, that really was the background there. Awesome. Okay, Amy. So here's our lightning round, and we're going to start by asking you to finish this sentence. Women are... Amazing. Women are um, the most capable uh, beings uh, of being able to multitask and think uh, creatively at the same time as strategically. And I think that women have, right now, especially um, in or first world countries, the most opportunity they've ever had in the course of human history to monopolize on their capabilities. What are three pieces of advice that you would give your younger self? Don't listen to what people say about you, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Don't really look in the mirror. It's not that important. Uh, you'll be more disappointed when you're looking in the mirror 10 years ago and you'll look back and you'll be like, why? Why was I so mad yeah. about myself? <laughs> True. And I guess the third is um, understand that nobody will ever be as passionate about the things that you're passionate about. Mm. Except if you have a dream or a vision, then it's on you. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Love that. I do too. Mm. What is your current favorite application of tech for good? XR. Um, healthcare. I think healthcare um, and using um, augmented reality in um, surgery, I think that has massive potential and it could change and increase um, the number of people who live. What issue do you most hope technology will help to resolve in the future? I'm going to say communication because it's what tech does well and it's what tech destroys. I love how technology has made the world both a smaller place and a bigger place. But I would like to see a, a little bit more of distinction between um, good and bad <laughs> um, and, and, and the ability to do that without um, uh, limiting what people have to say and their ability to say it, but also um, differentiating between voices so that they, they don't all appear to be equal if they're not. What resources do you wish were available to women in tech 
for girls that are interested in studying technology? Um, I think it would be fantastic to have more opportunity for women at a young age. And I mean, like grade school, high school to be taught how to start a business. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. What inspires you? People like you guys. Oh, that was very well, nice. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you, know, you're, you, you have this podcast, you're making your voices heard, you're encouraging and supporting other women, and you're doing it in addition to a bunch of other projects. And um, I think that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. What do you wish to learn more about? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> really everything. Um one thing I try to do, uh, learn every day is how to better communicate with my team, uh, my company and be a better leader. Um, and you know, um, and sometimes that includes just learning more about people around the world too, which has always been a passion of mine. So, so every day I want to learn a little bit more. Going through life curious. I love that. Describe the future in one word. Potential. Fill in the blank, blank like a girl. Kick ass like a girl. Yes. <laughs> Love it. What a good one to finish that lightning round on. <laughs> awesome. Amy, thank you so much. You are just so brilliant and sharp. And I just see you doing wonderful things um, and continuing to do wonderful things as you are. Absolutely. Thanks both of you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. Seriously. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.